Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com and Divizio.com, the all-new affiliate network and ultimate leveraging platform. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today, along with my co-host, Jack Humphrey, who should be along in a minute. We have a phenomenal guest who I was introduced to recently by my good friend, <clears throat> Ken Roshan, and her name is Orly Amor. Orly is an international public speaker, best-selling author, host of The Shift TV, and business coach for public speakers. She dedicated her life to impacting the lives of 200 million people by helping them realize their own mission-based goals and dreams. Her extensive experience as a certified behavioral analyst has made her indispensable as a coach to many influential corporate leaders. For the past 10 years, she's helped public speakers create their business model for public speaking, her gift to show them how to monetize their craft by taking it seriously and having what she calls business in a box for public speakers, thereby teaching them how to fish. Well, welcome, Orly. Well, I start you off like we do everyone every week and say that was a fine introduction, but we want to know what's burning in your belly right now. What gets you out of bed? What got you out of bed this morning ready to greet the day? What are you excited about? I am excited uh, about the people that I'm going to be meeting today. I'm meeting so many people every single day, and that's really – I get up in the morning and I just say, I wonder who I'm going to meet today. It's really fun to meet amazing people that you surround yourself with because like attracts like. So obviously, if I feel I'm amazing, everybody around me is amazing. (laughs) So I was also looking to view – I actually just flew in from Las Vegas this morning. I was uh, speaking at a conference over the weekend – Came in this morning, and here I am. Wow. <laughs> it's been a busy morning, but it's awesome. I, th- I have a feeling you, you like those kinds of mornings just fine, though. You sound like somebody who's got tons of energy for this, for this life that you've carved out. <clears throat> totally. I, it scares my husband sometimes. <clears throat> he goes, you're always in a good mood. <laughs> but I get up that way. <laughs> Yeah, do you have trouble with people trusting you? Why is she so happy all the time? That can't be for real. Well, let's just ask you that question. Why are you so happy? Well, um, I've I've had two encounters with death. And in both encounters, I promise that if I still make it through, that I will just change people's lives. But at the same time, for me, every day above ground is a good day. And I think that a lot of people just take their days, their, the people they meet, everything around them for granted. And I just promised myself that I will not do that. I am in a good mood. I'm never uh, cross. I do get stressed out like everybody else. There's things that happen that may, might stress me out. But I shift that uh, pretty quickly because some things are just not worth it. Yeah. 
So it's not yeah, that it's not think, real. Uh, I'm really happy. I can tell. You can tell when somebody is being genuine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. It is, it is funny, though, how often I, uh, I catch myself and I, I look around and see others who are really strongly avoiding the idea that we are going to die one day and that mm-hmm. every minute really matters and it's not just a cliché. It's not just something you say on the back of a Hallmark right. card and then just right. get on with your day. It seems that we spend an awful lot of time, energy, and money distracting ourselves from the fact that you know, as a as a as a group, not from people who have been who have looked death in the eye or <laughs> who mm. are are meditating a lot and things like that, but mm. uh, spending a lot of energy distracting ourselves for, away mm-hmm. from the fact that we're only here for like a couple of minutes. I mean, I bet you that's mm. really what it feels like on your deathbed. Mm-hmm. It just feels like I've only been here a minute. I'm not done yet. Right. And so, yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for. Uh, you know, not for almost dying, but for having that <laughs> attitude toward life because it sounds like that you really do affect a lot of people's lives. Yes, the goal is 200 million by 24th of April 2025. That is oddly specific. Why 200 million? So that, that's a great question. Awesome question. Because every time I ask people, did you read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? And people say, yes, I've read it. And I'm like, well, how many times did you read it? Or how long ago did you read it? Because there's a story inside it that talks about a number that is 200 million, and that's where I got it. Um, There's a story about Mahatma Gandhi where he led 200 million people harmoniously um, with the fight against hunger and violence in India. It was the, the, the operative word was harmoniously for me. And I'm like, if I could just impact that kind of that that many people, I think that would be awesome. I mean, I'm impacting people's lives every day. I just want it to be a big number that is bigger than myself. And that's what got me also to coach public speakers because if I can get them out there to impact more lives collectively, we can reach 200 million. I'm not saying that it's going to be done by me alone. Right. And I think that with the, and you were talking about technology and internet, hey, God bless, we really need it because we can reach that number maybe sooner. So that's really where the number came from. But that was a good question. Awesome. I always like to try to ask a good question now and again. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes sometimes I get lucky. Do you think Gandhi was a little bit, I mean, you know, he didn't set out to to affect 200 million people's lives, not that specific number. He just set out to be what he became. Like, right, probably, right. Actually, he didn't even really set out to become Gandhi, <laughs> right? No, he just no, ended exactly. up that way. So yeah. do you think it's dangerous to have too much of a plan, like in business or life or, or whatever? Do you think, because, like, that's kind of a neat situation we have here. He didn't plan mm-hmm. that. It just happened because of his passion Correct. And now you have set it out very, very specifically. By the time and date that you want it to happen, mm-hmm. how does that affect your plan? How does that affect the way you feel about it? Do you ever wake up in a cold sweat going, am I no. on schedule? <laughs> no. It's, you know, I, I remember listening to Jack Canfield where, uh, you know, he said, if I don't reach $100,000, dollars that was my goal. I remember when he was on the movie The Secret, and he said, I put $100,000 on the wall, and I was looking at that. And I, that year, I reached only $92,000. Did, did, I, did, I, did I suffer, or, or did I, did I, was I sour about the fact that I didn't reach my 
thousand, I only reach ninety two thousand. I think that that you know to have a goal is to have a goal, and to work towards it is what really makes it. It's the journey, not just reaching it. Once you reach it, you just have another goal. Um, I don't think that that's what I focus on, but it is my passion, so it wakes me up, and I'm excited about it every day. I'm excited that there's a goal to all of that I do. It's not just one thing that I do. I own four companies. I do all kinds of stuff. So all that together is getting me to my goal. And the people that come uh, to help me out, that's why I put it out there, because people who believe in it or people who want to support it will come on board and help. And so there's nothing wrong with voicing it. Um, It doesn't make me go into a cold sweat because, uh, when you're passionate about something, and I think that that's what Gandhi did. He's not. He was passionate about one thing: fighting for, you know, fighting for freedom and and not having violence and hunger in India. And people who just believed in his mission followed him, and it got to 200 million. But he never set out a goal to have 200 million. So my goal is 200 million because of that number of that he achieved already. That means it's only possible. That's all it means. And to I've me got to jump possible. in here for a minute. Sure. <clears throat> like Orly, I've also overcome death multiple times. And mm-hmm. in 2007, set out on my mission, and my mission is also very specific, to touch the life of every person on this planet in a meaningful mm-hmm. way. It's mm-hmm. obviously not something I can accomplish on my own. But mm-hmm. back in 2006, when I had my miraculous transformation and overcame the death sentence given to be my, by my doctors for the first time, mm-hmm. um, I've had three more since then. No, four more since mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. That one, I actually sat down and did the math. If I could work with just one million speakers, coaches, authors, we mm-hmm. really could touch the life of every person on this planet. So 200 million of them in the field that Orly has chosen to do this in, so doable. Not even a little bit of breaking a sweat on that one at all. <laughs> exactly. It's all about leverage, right? <laughs> it's yeah, totally about leverage. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. they say that when you have uh, when you have a passion, you just don't feel like you're working. So it, it, there's no need to break any sweat. You don't feel like you're working. Yeah, passion is viral. I mean, it really mm-hmm. does. I mean, how many times have you left the room feeling down and bummed out or like your energy was sapped at, versus times that you've left the room or a meeting or an event really, really high? Like the audience and everybody there just gave you all their energy. It was mm-hmm. just or you've walked into places where it's exactly the opposite and everybody's trying to steal your energy. If you walk into a room and you're as passionate as I imagine that you always are, you walk into the room being who you are, who we've met today, you're just oozing energy. That's just got to have an effect on people around you. And if you have that effect on people around you, you're talking about the Gandhi effect. And Mm -hmm. therefore, you're on your mission. (laughs) Exactly, totally. So what is it like in your world? So speakers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they are your leverage because they stand in front. If you're helping them to reach and communicate and impact more people, then you're on your way to your goal. Um, how does that work in your world? How do you work with speakers? What, uh, what kinds of things, um, are, what's it like in your, in your daily world, even though I know you've got a lot of things, different things going on? Right. 
but as it pertains to speakers? Well, um, the the reason I do what I do, it was not something that I actually wanted to do. I never thought about coaching speakers. And it's a cute story that I'll, I'll take just 30 seconds. Um, I went to a conference where I was approached by a few speakers who asked me how I got to this conference to speak. And I said I was paid. And they looked at me like if I had three heads. They said, you got paid? I said, well, why didn't you? <laughs> and they said, they said, no, we got our expenses paid, but we didn't get paid. I said, oh, no, I got my expenses paid and I got paid. And they said, we want to know how you did it. Because a lot of people in the, in the speaking world are struggling to get gigs and to get paid uh, a good sum of money. Um, and I had to study this as far as the statistics go. Statistics go, uh, Most speakers are making between 50000 to maybe $100,000. I'm talking average speakers. We're not talking about the ones who are mm-hmm. you know, out there constantly. But not many speakers make that kind of money. Uh, the, the, the 1% maybe make uh, the big money. And so I studied it where there's 64,000 events a day in America that pay public speakers. And a long time ago, I used to say a speaker should be making average $150,000 a year and more. And all my friends used to make fun of me. All of them used to make fun of how I said it and what I said. And it's very funny because last June, June 2017, the NSA, National Speakers Association, came out with an article that said that the average speaker makes $177,000 a year. So when I met those guys in, in, in Texas, they, I told them, I said, well, look, there's not, it's not the lack of opportunity. I think it's the lack of treating the business side of public speaking as a business. And that's why I created the business in a box for public speakers. I think what they're missing is a business model for their own niche. They're trying to compete against each other when there's no need to. They just have to go mm. after the events that are looking for them. And there's many, like 64,000 a day. You know, I can't be everywhere. I'm just kidding. It's, it's a joke <laughs> I use on my, on my clients. Sorry, I can't make it to all 64,000. But um, uh, that's, that's why I started um, helping clients. And, and the word got out, so people are coming to me, and, and the ones who are getting coached are seeing the, the benefits. One of my clients uh, in one week got paid twice $5,000 from two different events. When she first hired me, I just coached her to something that she was um, talking to people that approached her, and I, I told her how much to charge, why that, that she needs to charge that amount, and that she, she'll get the gig, and I promised that she'll get the gig, and she did. And so it was, a, it was a no-brainer. It's just knowing the business model and also adhering to it. Um, you know how we, for every business we say you need to have a business plan? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Well, a business plan is good, but it keeps changing because of the evolving market or whatever it is. But a business model is for you, not for the other people. Therefore, you need to adhere by it. And it takes a certain amount of discipline. So I, I just um, I love what I do. I love helping these speakers get out there and get booked. And showing them where to Can find things is like the best fun. Well, let's talk about that a minute. Let's give people a really good, very clear picture of what it is to be a public speaker today in 20, almost 18. And mm-hmm. because I remember, you know, the things that we used to do, we used to have a lot more conferences in the Internet marketing space than we do today. Right. And right. I think probably one of the reasons we don't have them anymore is because we never understood how to make that 
sort of sustainable because we didn't pay mm-hmm. anybody and everybody had to sell from the stage, which cheapened the whole thing right off the bat because Correct. everybody knew what was coming at the end of even the mm-hmm. greatest speeches and, 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 and uh, trainings and things. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to pay their way. And it was sad because we knew that the, the guys who put these things together were like, you're on your own, but we'll give you this exposure. We put 2000 bucks in the seat. So you now then have to dance for your dinner. And mm-hmm. so people got tired of that, and speakers got tired of that. And I saw mm-hmm. people peel off and go into other industries with their mm-hmm. talent for what they already had developed as a speaker in the Internet marketing space and really kill it. I mean, reportedly come back and go, wow, there's a whole different world out there where you get paid to speak uh, and you don't have to pitch, and you still get to sell stuff if you are a consultant or whatever, but it's like mm-hmm. back of the room, totally low-key, and I'm selling yes. more and I'm getting paid. Exactly. So could you tell us a little bit about what, what's it like today in the speaking world? How, you said something like 64,000. How big is this? What kind of opportunity is there for people who are thinking about maybe going into speaking? Right. So the fun part is that these 64,000 events a day that I'm talking about are just in the United States. I didn't, I didn't include global yet. This is just wow. <laughs> in North America. So it's huge. Um, the the thing that I found by speaking to speakers and, and learning what they've been doing and so on is that what they don't know is that they're just lazy. I'm just, I'm going to be very blunt. They're lazy. They don't want to do the work. They want, they, the way mm. that they go about it, I say, how do you get your speaking right now? Oh, word of mouth. Okay. Uh, how much would you like to make in public speaking uh, for one keynote, let's say? They're like, oh, I don't know, uh, $10,000. I'm like, okay, when was the last time you got paid $10,000 to do a keynote? Oh, never got paid. Okay, maybe we should start a little lower. Maybe we should start to <laughs> get our name out there, and maybe we should build trust and, 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 uh, and relationships with event planners. Maybe we should learn the business first because there is, yeah. a, uh, there is a how to charge, when to charge, type of model, uh, you know, like if you're just a beginner, you can charge between $1,000 and $5,000 for whether a workshop or a keynote. Get your name out there first. 10000 Can you deliver a 10000 speech? We don't even know that yet. So my point here is like, you know, people are there sometimes too gung-ho on all the money they can be making, but they don't want to do the work to get there. That's the first step. The second step is those, you know, things are changing. People are not paying as much, but they do. There's a lot of paying to speaking gigs but there's also other opportunities like pay to play and i i I meet all kinds where they say well i don't pay to play i'm i'm i get paid i don't get i don't pay to play and that's ignorant and that's you you should not shut it down completely if you don't know how to do it well i've paid and I, i didn't get i didn't get anything i didn't sell anything i didn't yeah you might not have gotten anything sold that day but did you follow up with the people you met because here's my little story, mm-hmm. another 30 seconds. I, in my, I'm, I've been speaking for now about 15 years. And four, and four years into my speaking, somebody told me, hey, would you like to speak at my event? I'm only getting four speakers. There's going to be 120 people there. It's $2,500 each speaker, and I'm going to organize the whole thing. So I said, okay, I paid 2500 And then I went to my friends who are speakers, and I said, guess what? I just paid this lady. It's going to be amazing. She's going to have a lot of people. And they said, you're, you're nuts. You're out of your mind. Who pays to speak? You should be paid to speak. And after <laughs> all these people putting me down, I went home and I really had like one of those buyer's remorse. Oh, my God, what did I do? I just gave my mortgage money. And then 
I said to myself, wait a minute, you know this business, so don't worry. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, this is all a conversation within my head. Okay, stop it. We're just going to do it. We're going to learn from it. If anything, we're going to learn from this experience. Well, with my tracking record of being a good follow-up and follow-through kind of person, from that event, and by the way, she did have over 120 people there. It was an amazing event. People were telling me, what if she has only 20 people instead of 120? You know, like, it was really, really bad what they were telling me. And, <clears throat> and then she did have an amazing event. But with my way of follow-up and follow-through, uh, from the February that the event happened to the next February, in one year of tracking, from that event alone, the people that I met there, $92,000 I made. That's Whoa. a hell of a nice re- return on my investment. Yeah. So, since, <laughs> so since then, I've never knocked a pay-to-play because I just know how to do the business model side. It's not the same day. So yeah. many people, and you know that more than I do, uh, you know, instant grat- gratification is what everybody's looking for. People want to lose 50 pounds, but they want to do it by tomorrow. It's just not going to happen. So we need yeah. to understand the business side of things before we knock things down. We need to really, if we really want to make money in anything, we've got to give it the time. So uh, my, what I find is that it's not the opportunity of getting paid. It's not, it's not, the, um, it's not the lack of of um, ways of making money in public speaking because there's many, there's many platforms. People just want it by tomorrow, and it doesn't happen that way. You've got to build relationships. And we are a relationship-based industry, whether it's the relationship right. with the event planners, with your audience, with your agents, with whoever. It's a relationship-based business. Yeah. It's really strange. You know, you, the picture that comes up in my mind as you're talking about this is there's, you're talking about at least two different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, the butts in the seats, the people who are there, could be any range of the people who are really, you know, it's a cultural thing, and it's almost a global phenomenon now. I know different mm-hmm. cultures have different, different levels of consumeristic behavior, and I want it now and instant gratification, but it seems to be spreading all over the world. It's not just North America anymore. Look at those spoiled Americans. It's like everywhere. But we're pretty, we we invented it, right? So we know Mm -hmm. how to do Mm -hmm. this instant gratification Mm -hmm. thing, sit on our butts and hope for the best. And so it's funny because you, you, as a speaker, as a business person, you decided to kind of take yourself out of that matrix and become something else and transcend what nobody would even blame you for in our culture for, uh, you know, the instant gratification thing. Go and consume and get a job and work for people and take all that money and put it back into the, you know, junk and plastic and stuff like that, and that'll be your life. And mm-hmm. everybody would say, well, you're just being a, you're living the American dream. But you took yourself out of that, actually, in my opinion, and I'd love to get your feedback on that because, and then you're turning around and speaking on a stage to people who are still in that paradigm. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 then those same people are some of the people who gave you negative feedback, like you shouldn't speak like this, you shouldn't pay to play, you shouldn't, you know, and and you're taking advice from people who are still fully enmeshed in that whole paradigm <laughs> that you've left behind by standing mm-hmm. on the stage and making your own. How do you mm-hmm. how do you kind of marry those two seemingly polar opposite things and and make a relationship with people on the stage that you know are kind of like doing that or is that even something that affects you at all well i've been called a very straight shooter and i tell people i have no filter between my brain and my mouth 
if they're going to ask for my opinion, they're going to get it. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. because I've done it and I've been there uh, on both sides of the spectrum, and I've bought, like, I follow Tony Robbins around the world. I've spent over $250,000 on Tony Robbins. If people Ooh. are going to come around and say, I've, and not on Tony Robbins alone, I've, you know, Deepak Chopra, Steve Covey, I've been to, all, to many, many Omar Perry. I've bought all of their stuff. And I've listened to all of their stuff, and I've read the books, and I've done some of my own journey through all this. But if you're a public speaker and you know that maybe selling to the back of the room cannot be a salesy kind of way, then what I show you is that you can do it very seemingly in your speech. You become more connected to your audience. They want to take you home. You're the one who's being salesy or being so frustrated with not having money or having the lack mentality, that's, what not, that's, not what, that's what's not bringing it to you. What you need mm-hmm. to do is come from a place of servitude, come from a place of giving. Be there for the audience, and you will sell. This is not, you know, a lot of science. How do commercials get us? Commercials just pull on our heartstrings. They don't say, hey, buy this. Hey, this is how much it costs. No, you know, quench your thirst with Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? It's not, they, 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 they know how to do it. We know how to do it. We just don't want to do it because we just want it. We want what we want when we want it. And for me, right. it was, I don't even speak about the business of public speaking. That's not what I do on stage. When I'm speaking, I'm usually speaking about how to close a deal 98% of the time through profiling. People never even ask me what I speak about. That's why I'm not like a well-known celebrity speaker because I speak in corporate. A lot of corporate events that I do are all about how to close a deal through profiling wow. and behavior. It's how to, to read people's so, ego. Yeah. I was just going to say that is so that is so weird. It, it never even occurred to me to do anything but assume, and I'm sorry, that no. you spoke about public speaking. <laughs> you know, it's just weird. It's like, wait a minute, she probably speaks. Now it's totally obvious. You probably don't speak on public speaking. <laughs> no, I don't at all. It's the funniest thing. Actually, the the fact that I help people, it's by referral that I get my clients. I don't even publicize that I'm, you know, I do have it on my banner that I'm a business coach for public speakers, but I, I help entrepreneurs monetize their business through public speaking, of course, because I know how to do it. And then, and I'm I'm a networker. I love to teach people how to network without without spending too much time on it, and and just being out there for wasting time basically. And the, but the first and foremost is that I teach people how to close the deal ninety eight percent of the time. That's my my well, only topic that I've been speaking on for years. <laughs> a lot of this is your fault because you're so diverse, dynamic, and you've got all yes. of this stuff going on. It's really hard to nail you down. And in this society where we want everything now, I want to understand you now, and you're making it very difficult because you're so darn dynamic, and you do so much <laughs> stuff. So. You've upset my my paradigm, and I just want to I want to you know call cu- customer support and and uh, and lodge a complaint. And make a complaint. No, but okay. that's yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. But one of the other things is as we're talking, I'm clicking around your site, and I see this little page about something that's getting ready to happen December twelfth. Mm. Mindset mastery. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? What's going sure. on? Another uh, thing, Miss Dynamic. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. Um, you know, I 
I think the variety is good. Even for me, as a person, I've got to tell you, I get bored very easily. So I always look for other projects to, to get into, and as long as they're helping other people. When I first started, um, before even public speaking, I started in Mindset Mastery, and I created a, a Mindset Mastery type of program to show people how to shift the way that they're, they think, uh, and I called it the ultimate paradigm shift. It's a long story, so I'll make it very short. The one thing that um, I was teaching my clients is I was going, uh, you know, coaching, and one one of my biggest clients said, you know, you need to put this in a book. I mean, this is ridiculous. You need to put this in a book. And I said, well, you know what? I don't want to write. I don't know how to write. I don't care about writing. And uh, and then after a while, now I have my own publishing house, and my my team said, you have not put a book out. <laughs> you need to put a book out. I said, yes, I've done a book, but I've not done, you know, my own. And they said, well, this book that you wrote, give it to us. We'll see what we can do. And they said, there's four books in this one. I said, okay, so how about we make it a book series? And that's how Mindset Mastery, the 12 powers we hold within, is the first book of a book series that's launching on the 12th of December. So you you act like this book happened to you, not you to it. Like you didn't want to write. You didn't see yourself as a writer, and all of a sudden people are saying you are a writer. And not only that, but you got four books. Yeah, that's that's really what's happened. (laughs) So I'm excited at the same time, you know, because I really wanted this book to come out before my last cruise conference, and that was, you know, 10-10 because I wanted it to be like a month and day being the same. But then it dawned on me, yeah, maybe 12, 12 powers, 12-12. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, let's do it. You know, it was one of those things. My conversations are never boring. <laughs> That's you know, what you're happened. the second person. You're the second person in as many weeks who had a book happen to her. Our, our guest last week was exactly the same thing. She never saw. She never thought she was a writer. Thought of herself as writing a book one day, and and a book happened to her too. It's really weird. Back to back, somebody's come on and said that it just was something that the universe needed you to do, whether you thought you should do it or not. It was irrelevant and immaterial. You ended up having a book done through you by mm-hmm. the universe, I guess. <laughs> but there was, there was a story in that book of, of my friend Chris who was actually talking about the story of how I, sh- you know, a lot of people were telling me, you know, are you having a book, are you having a book, and they told me I should write a book. Uh, many years ago, this is a long time ago, and uh, and. I asked him after a speech, I asked him, well, what did you think? And he said, well, you heard them. I think you should write a book. And I'm like, well, what am I going to write about? I don't know how to write. <laughs> and then I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. Uh, but I write as I speak, so let's hope people like it. And that's, and he said, okay, tell me when it comes out. But you'll have to read the whole story to see how it all happened. It was a very, very touching story. So anyway, um, yeah, it kind of, I, I've been a, a collaborator in other books. And where, you know, we made it to number one and I was, you know, we all got the badge of being a best-selling author. But as far as my own book making is, I did not have that yet. And this is where this one is going. So I'm really excited. You know, as a side note, I'd love to ask this question, especially of people who didn't really picture themselves writing a book. How mm-hmm. hard was it actually when you did it? Like, all right, I'm writing this book. I'm sitting down. I mean, did you sit down? I mean, or was it a process of some other process? Like, what was the first time when you were like, oh, God, or you open something up and it's totally blank, I'm doing this, I'm writing this, 
or did you have a bunch of notes that you'd had built up over a long time and you just started, you know, collating notes and, and getting everything together? I mean, like, what was the process like for somebody who didn't even picture herself as a writer? Well, it was basically my program for, for the Mindset Mastery that I, I, I was coaching people on. And after a while, I said, well, what can I write about? And, you know, and, and for me, it was like, how fast can I do this? <laughs> because I have no patience, remember? Yeah. So I was like, how do I do this? How fast can I do this? And then I, I sat down. I did sit down and say, okay, well, where, where can I take the information and just plug it in and see how that turns out? And it did turn out to be a really wonderful book, but then it was too much information where now, you know, that's why my team said you could, you could split this up. And the 12 Powers is one of the uh, mo- uh, modules of my program of Mindset Mastery. So the rest will come. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they wanted to break it down. But I wanted the 12 Powers to be first because it will bring it all together later. But it's a lot of fun. I sat down and I just put it together, and then I had to sit down with my editor. That was another story. You know, I mean, that's just hours and hours of, of brainstorming and, and making sure that all the stories are told and that it's, um, that it's value. Editors are so picky, aren't they? They're, they're so tedious. They want to make sure that literally all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And <laughs> well, that's they can make, maybe that process <laughs> can suck the fun out of it a little tiny bit. <laughs> well, for me, it was more Orly, this is not English, you know, because I speak seven languages. So people say, well, Orly, did you mean it this way or did you mean it that way? And sometimes it's just not, it's a, an expression that we use in another language that I just anglicize it in. And they go, well, that doesn't mean the same thing in English. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when somebody who speaks seven languages just slips in that I speak seven languages as casually as you just did. It happens all the time around here. Everybody speaks seven languages. I don't. Seven? Oh, well, that's really? wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> it's confusing wow, to I the mind. I wish I could speak in another language at all. I could butcher some French and Spanish, but... Uh, Darn, we could have a little conversation and confuse all of our listeners um, yes, who don't speak, totally. <laughs> but I can't, and I won't. No, I know. So we can't That's go fine. there. I don't want to, I don't want to confuse anybody because I've already frustrated you. I do not want to do more. <laughs> right. I'm having a complaint lodged against that. me already. I mean, yep, like, I'm yeah, going to lodge you know? a complaint, a strongly worded letter to support. <laughs> we don't want any more of this dynamicism in our in our thing. It's so hard to pin these people down. It takes a whole hour talking to them just to find out the tip of the iceberg about them. I know. But I think we're doing good. I think we're I think we're pushing through here, and we're, we're we'll probably have a fairly good picture of every place that you. But I mean, the thing is, you would kind of be a fraud, wouldn't you, if you wanted to touch 200 million people's lives, and you weren't mm-hmm. this energetic. And this mm-hmm. dynamic, and this mm-hmm. having your hands in so many different things, I would mm-hmm. have to look at that and go, really, two hundred million? Why don't you shoot for twenty thousand, and then we'll talk? Cause, right. You know, you got to really have the goods, and obviously, you 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 seem almost sort of like a mini media empire in a sense. Like you've got a lot of things going on. It, it feels Oprah-ish to to look at your site and look at what you do, and just thinking completely about reach. It looks like mm. you built this thing for reach to grow mm. and scale. It looks scalable, first of totally. all, and it yeah. looks like it's built to scale for something of a goal mm-hmm. that you have. So totally. applause. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Thank I you. I wish we had an applause button. Gina, we need an <laughs> applause button for this radio show, like the old days. Let's put that on, you know. That's a good put idea. Put that support. Yeah. On the to-do list. <laughs> okay. We'll find a clip we can play. Oh, that's cute. We're going to turn this into a morning radio show. It's going to be a lot yeah, of horn talking. all that and... energy. <laughs> <laughs> So where do we go next? So that's launching December 12th. People could probably find you on Amazon and, and yes. all of that stuff's mm-hmm. already it's set up. It's on pre-sale and... now. Yeah, it's on pre-sale now uh, for 99 cents on Amazon. But if you ever wanted a, a, a free copy so that you can give me a review, I would definitely would love that. Totally. I need reviews. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what the pre-sales are for. I love uh-huh. that. Our, uh, our author last week was... Uh, her book isn't coming out until March. And I'm like, oh, man, that's already up on Amazon, and you can already pre-order. They're really getting into this pre-order thing because yes. that was the furthest date out that I had seen thus far. <laughs> I yes. think maybe somebody did over, a pretty Orly. far out date. Send it when over. Is, I will definitely give you a review. When is what over? The, the pre-sale? No, send no, your she book said, send over. The book over. I will give oh, you I, a oh, review. Oh, send it over. I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear you. I'm so sorry. Send it over. Yeah, definitely, I'll send it over. Okay, great. Awesome. So we're getting. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, you I said was awesome. just saying awesome. <laughs> yeah, I said awesome. That's yeah, my favorite word. One of my you, favorite you get, words. You get to be one of the final guests of 2017, so it Aww. kind of is obligatory to ask you this question, and that is, what what do you see for 2018? And I'll leave it really, really broad so that I'm interested to see what you pick to talk about. But, <laughs> you know, for yourself, for your business, for the industry that you choose in general, like, what? Do, how do you feel about 2018? Or how do you feel that 2017 is already gone? And I know. we're getting ready to hit another year. 2015 and 16 were so unbelievable in the sense of negative, not positive. They were good and bad at the same time. I don't know why, what happened. And I I was talking to a lot of people, and I guess something was happening, shifting or whatever, in the universe because a lot of people were going through some really hard times. And when when the clock hit midnight for 2017, I just felt this weight lifted. I don't know why, what happened. Nothing was bad. Everything was going well. Everything was growing. Everything was good. It's just that it felt weird. Things were just not in mesh, meshing or, or what do you get, in a good flow. And 2017 has been, oh, my goodness, flow is not even a good word. I don't know what to call it. I became uh, an ambassador for the NFL alumni, an ambassador for the NBA alumni. I, um, I started a, um, a company in 2015 called the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce, where I only wanted it to be a mastermind in Manhattan for 10 people. And my first event, 62 people showed up. A month later, and I'm, that's why I'm just skipping everything, months later we were in three countries and three states. Now we're in six countries and nine states. We have 40 chapters around the world. And by the way, absolutely zero marketing, all word of mouth. And basically what we are is a bridge between health and wellness and corporate America. So for 2018, there's a lot going on, a lot of events, health and wellness expos, education, speakers, NFL events, and all kinds of amazing stuff. So that's on that end. 
the social wow factor um, conference is a cruise. It used to be on a cruise ship. Well, it is every year on a cruise ship for the past five years. And for the past two years, I've been asked to do it on on land. So 2018 is our first land one, and it's already on on an amazing run. It's on the 26th, 27th, and 28th of, of January. So, again, there's going to be three, 400 people there. I'm so excited because it's a women's conference. And uh, I think women should walk into their power and support each other and help each other. But men are welcome. I'm not going to leave that out because we have male speakers. So, <laughs> definitely, men should be welcome. Um, and I'm just, you know, I, for myself, I'm, I'm loving what's going on with my life, with my clients' lives, with with the people around me, with everything that I've created, I'm basically now just seeing the fruits of my labor. I would say that to you, that, you know, the book, everything that's happening is just wow. It's wowing me. I don't, uh, I don't expect anything less anymore. I expect just more and more and more happening, and I welcome it. You know, a lot of people, when a lot of things happen at the same time, they're like, oh, my God, how am I going to handle this? And I'm like, no, bring it on. <laughs> My friends tell me to slow down. I tell them, you need to catch up. <laughs> that's, that's really my <laughs> mentality. You know, I'm not slowing down. So what do I expect for 2018? I just want more people to come from a place of giving uh, than taking. Um, I would love to see people shifting their their way of behavior with others, even when they're in the same industry. I mean, I know, I, I know in, the, in the old days we used to say that, you know, corporate America is all shark, you know, shark eat shark, backstabbing, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that, I think the planet has shifted already. What we need to do is just do more of those good things that we can do for each other and find ways to collaborate instead of competition. And that's really, for me, the ultimate goal is to change that whole narrative about um, how we behave in, in our circle of influence and how we serve others through whatever it is that we're doing. Well, you came to the right show because our audience knows that's pretty much what Gina and I have uh, <laughs> built the whole thing around. You know, it's all about giving and, and uh, you know, we struggle, uh, we, we strive, we don't struggle, wrong S word, mm. Uh, mm. to bring as many B Corp type people in, bring as many passion driven people in and just continue every single week to prove that people like you are out there, that you're not unicorns, that you're not mm. anomalies, that... That's hmm. why I wanted to get to the bottom of how big is the speaking industry? What's it really? I like to give people a sense of size and scope to mm-hmm. things that are really happening that people tend to sometimes feel like, ah, I don't know if that's really a thing. Is anything really a thing? Everything seems so small. And really, like mm-hmm. you said, the world is changing and shifting, and it's really good to check in. If you have a 2010 view of what it's like to be a public speaker or or what it's like to go to events and you know, all of that, then you really seriously need an update. And I probably did have me, a 2010 view of, of that. And I'm training myself to check in with people like you on in your areas of expertise to find out what's the world really like out there in your part of it and how has mm-hmm. it changed from whatever I might have believed about it years ago because things just are changing so fast, which really makes it a good question for what's going on in 2018 uh, because – you know, I think it helps everybody, no matter who's listening, what business you have, what goals mm. you have for your business or personal life, just mm. to always be checking in, seeing what's really happening out there. Because if you only look at Facebook, whew, oh. 
And if you only yeah. look at whatever social media that you're on or whatever, you mm. can start to get an extremely skewed view of what's going on in the world, right? Right. But then again, you know, I mean, uh, not not everything is good for every business. So maybe social media is good for certain businesses or maybe all businesses. We need to stay in touch with people. We need to, to, collect, to um, create relationships. But at the end of the day, uh, social media, for me anyway, has been a waste of time in the sense that I cannot do this for three hours straight. So I remember mm-hmm. when I first started, in, you know, understanding Facebook a little bit and going to click here and click there for liking and sharing and all that good stuff that I used to do. And I would look at the clock and it's three hours later. I'm like, where did the time go? I had to put a, a stopper <laughs> to, to 15 minutes and, and, and then get done with my day because then a lot of time was wasted. I understand some of it can be also um, given to someone else to do. Not everybody has yeah. that luxury, but that's okay. So give yourself a time during the day that you'll do your posts and then go and make money. Like if that's what your goal is, then go ahead and do what makes money. It's not Facebook. Yeah. Not always. Anymore. Right. And it's always, I mean, as soon as they injected the social thing to it, the Internet before social media was a heck of a lot easier to to understand what you should be doing as a business person because we hadn't mixed up social with, with business yet. And mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, you have a site that you go to and everybody's just spreading around cat pictures and then once in a while someone will say something about business, but not too mm-hmm. much because everybody's there to spread around cat pictures primarily so if you do too much businessy stuff, they're going to get mad at you. And we all had to learn all these new rules, all this new stuff. And it's mm. figured on to where people, I think, nowadays kind of forget that people mm. like you, again, are out there doing what you do. There's probably people who, if they were interviewing you, would have asked you what your social strategy was right at the top of the hour, which, of course, I'm never going to do because I don't know. I didn't know if you had really one that was significant or not. But I could tell when people come on and they're as successful and and they have everything going on such as yourself, then probably you don't have that much of one of anything going on. And some people come on and they have like social is really important to me and I do all this stuff. We do targeted ads. We do all, But most of the time people come on and prove that it's not necessary or it's not important, like you said, for every industry. In fact, I'd say mm-hmm. it's probably not for most. And everybody tries to figure out, well, everybody's there. All the people who I want to be my customers seem to be there, all the people I want. But in your industry, probably you're not seeing that as much. I don't know. Have you? I mean, you don't look at that and go, whoa, all my best clients are on Facebook. If they were really your best clients and could afford to hire you, they probably shouldn't be on Facebook too much because <laughs> they need to be out making money instead, right? That that's right, but at the same time, I mean, if they want to be on Facebook, people go to my Facebook. They'll see that I only have like five thousand friends, or that I have so, so many followers on my business page, like I think thirteen hundred or something like that. And people and other people that I know have like twenty eight thousand and half a million followers, but they're still not making that mm-hmm. money that I'm making. So it's not. I, I don't know if the numbers mean anything. I don't think that they do unless somebody who's hiring you is their prerequisite that you have so many uh, followers on a certain social media. And that happens, but I'm not in that. I'm not in that circle. And it's okay. Yeah. It's just, I don't think that people should judge people by how many followers they have, seriously. Maybe we've come have, full circle. 
Yeah. Just because of what we were talking about before with mm. instant gratification. Marketing's mm. hard. Marketing takes work. Building a sure. business is not easy. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be as hard as other people have made it. It doesn't have mm. to be absolutely grueling. But if it does, so what? Do you still want what mm. you want? And if you want right. what you want, are you willing to go through it, even if it is grueling? And what mm. what social media and advertising on it and getting likes and getting follows and shares mm-hmm. and tweets and all that kind of stuff is it gives people with the easy mentality something that feels like doing something but really isn't because everybody <laughs> says that. Everybody mm. across the board, there's nobody that said, I have 250,000 followers, and it's because of those 250,000 followers that I am as successful as I am today. They never attribute it at least solely to that. But That's it's true. so alluring because it's so easy to get people to follow you on Twitter. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's, it's even easier if you don't mind paying for it. With, and, and a lot of people out there, I think, are paying for it without having any clue or any plan for what they're going to do to recoup their investment on that, mm. <laughs> on that new like mm. or that tweet. And, right. But they still feel good about it. It's like a virtual economy with mm-hmm. no money involved, exactly. except their own leaving their pocket and never coming back. <laughs> or ego. Or feed their ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. But, I mean, when's the last time you paid your mortgage with your ego? How, how many times, how many banks? Like, I want to know where the first national bank of ego is so I can have them do my mortgage and just say, hey, dudes, I'm fabulous this month. <laughs> yes, I know. Nobody does that, totally. But people need to start well, understanding really cool. that. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they do. I mean, whether they do or not, it, it's not like you can that's not how we save the world, right? That's not nope. how we touch the, the crowd that we want to touch and mm-hmm. affect the lives of people. It's just not going to be. So whether people do or don't, you know, I mean, lots of people should be listening to this show. But not lots and lots and lots are listening to the show all the time. And sometimes mm-hmm. our show has to go and be recorded out six months before it gets a super big, decent, n- nice-looking audience mm-hmm. in an um, amount of listens that we track. And it's like, but that's just the people who do. You have to always focus on who's in front of you. And, I mean, you know, you have a big vision, but when you get done with the show and stop talking right now about your big vision stuff, you're going to go back to what you were focused on. What's that look like to you? Like, give people a sense of what your focused energy gets pointed to when you get back to business, a different kind of business than talking about big picture stuff like we're doing today. For sure. Um, so I I do uh, right now. If I hang up with you, I'll, I'm going to be working on two projects at the same time. Well, not simultaneously, but definitely at the same time. One is our speaker training boot camp coming up this weekend, and then my book launch. That's really what I'm focusing on right now because I have to reach out to people and to reach out to my uh, database and influencers in my circle to ask for their help and to connect with them again, or if I've lost touch, connect with them again. It's a great opportunity. If I've not lost touch, then to just ask for a small favor. <laughs> and, uh, and it's not a big favor. I remember that I wrote in one of my titles of my subject line, is like, I need, I need your support and it's not money. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> just so they would open it. <laughs> and, uh, and basically it's, uh, it's about just, and I need to follow up with the people that I met over the weekend where I spoke at this conference. And 
that's really what I do is my, my, my system, my own system. I just follow it. I have appointments, no. and I still do all that in between. <laughs> well, and it's in these focused periods of activity that you can sometimes get lost in that, as you should. You know, you should get lost in the in the beauty and wonder of writing a book that's mm-hmm. going to affect millions of people. You should. You shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, also doing something with your left hand and have a phone mm-hmm. in your ear. But right. it's at those moments that you look up and you realize your 10-person mastermind group has gotten completely out of control and grown mm-hmm. while you were focused on something else when you weren't looking. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's fascinating, isn't it? Isn't that kind of like it going is. on a roller coaster of emotion? Like, I, didn't, I just set that in motion over there. Then I went over here and did this, and that thing went crazy, and I couldn't even focus or watch it take off. It just did, and I looked up, and there it was, 60-some people, then global, then what the heck is happening? Do you ever feel like you're being, you're like a tool for the universe, that something is working through you instead of you bringing all of this to light when you talk about things like that that just take off? Oh, totally. I believe in it wholeheartedly. I mean, for me to get up every day and say, oh, I wonder what miracle I'm going to see today. I, I really do have that conversation. It's like, I wonder who I'm going to meet today. I'm so excited. I get excited just, you know, for nothing. I do a good, I, I have a cup of tea. Oh, this is exciting. So I get excited about everything because I'm, I've been giving an opportunity. And every day above ground is a good day. That's my, one of my mantras because of the fact that we do have an opportunity every single day to even start over. So if something didn't work, do it differently. Start over. Nothing's wrong with that. People get all caught up in, in woe is me, I didn't make it, I failed, or whatever it is that they're talking about to themselves. And that's what the book is also about. It's No, it's all inside of you. All you got to do is embrace it and just move on. Learn from it. Move on. And that's what I've done for me. I wake up every morning and I just wonder if somebody needs to pinch me. Because... <laughs> Sometimes I get a surprise that is like, okay, how did that happen again? How did we even get here? And even this this radio show, not a few minutes ago, you were talking, and and in my mind I was like, this is because you said, oh, you're just on the perfect show, something like that. You said, and I said, you know what? How did this happen? This is really cool. Even you know, and I felt so good about it. I had good goosebumps. I was like, I have to Ken Rashawn for introducing me to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah, me too. I, I'm going to kiss Tim the next time I see him. <laughs> I'll tell him. But I'll just have ready. you know that we we've been doing that for years, so it, it would just be oh. a you know a typical thing. I'll have to give him an extra oh. kiss this time. Oh, okay then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a visual. No, it's okay. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> Um, so what do you yes. what do you tell people when when someone asks what's the best way to get into your circle of influence into your world and learn more about you and learn from you? Where do you send them? Because there's so many places send to send people these days. For everything that I'm doing and everything that I'm about, it's on my website orlyamore.com. www.orlyamore.com. O r l y a m o r. Orly like the airport in Paris. Amor like love in Spanish. Awesome. Yeah, and I've I have been clicking through. I've been multitasking, and and uh, I mean, my goodness, you guys, you we have delivered today on our promise to bring you people who are deep and wide and have lots and lots to show and train and 
And I think people would just need to hang around you just to suck up some of that energy. There's a lot of energy vampires. I've been reading about energy vampires and how some people are like, uh, they can't be happy unless they're taking something from you. And that's why I love to talk to people who are always giving because it makes you then pay it forward. I'm going to go for the rest of the day yes. just because I talk to you and give, give, yes. give. Because now I um, have a surplus of energy to do so, and it feels good to do it if you have the energy so to do it. So got to stay away beautiful. from those energy vampires. <laughs> yes. And, you know, um, I told you at the love- beginning of the show, Jack, that when we were trying to get Orly unmuted, that you were going to love this lady. I was right, wasn't I? I keep waiting for you to be wrong. I'm like, well, maybe she's wrong this time. Maybe this is just going to be a dud, but it never happens. You're always right about that. We attract Amazing. really, really awesome people. Orly, thank um, you so much for being on the show this week. This has thank been you really for having great, me. and we'd love to have you back. Thank you, and I will. Whenever you want to, I'll be back. Thank you so much well, for having Orly- me. We are definitely going to be playing with Orly in 2018 as we set up a private network for her on Divisio, Jack. Woohoo! Oh, awesome. Cool. Looking forward to it. I'm excited. So when we get that set up, Orly, we'll have you back and announce it to everybody at the same time. Oh, that would be awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, we'll make that a plan. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, Have a fabulous week, everybody. Thank you again, Orly. Bye-bye. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.